Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Welcome to the Podcast number 542. We've added a second show to San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, it's going to be good. I mean, they're both going to be good. But I feel like the shows will be equally good. So you don't have to worry about, like, which one do I go do? Um, I believe they will be different guests. So if you wanted to go to both, you would, could have two different experiences. Not like even if they were the same guests. We're not going to say the same things verbatim. But they'll be two unique experiences. And then there's a 7.30 show, July 26th. That's Saturday of San Diego Comic-Con. And we will be there. Uh, I'd like to thank for sponsoring. Uh, you probably want a URL, but I don't have it. Still don't have the URL. I don't know. It's fucking Google it, people. Or Bing it, or Webcrawler, or Lycos, or whatever you want to use. I don't know. Um, but I'd like to thank Audible.com for sponsoring this episode of the Nerds Podcast. Audible is a leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. If you've listened to an audiobook, you probably got it at audible.com. There's a library of over 150,000 titles. All right? And so here's what you're going to do. You're going to get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash nerdist. All right? That's going to give you, again, free audiobook, 30-day trial. Some suggestions might be Shrinkage by Brian Bishop, narrated by Brian Bishop, who was just in the Nerdist podcast recently, or The Todd Glass Situation by Todd Glass, strangely not narrated by Todd Glass. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash nerdist. This episode is Nick Thune, our old friend, our old comedian friend Nick Thune, promoting his newest special, Folk Hero, which is available on Netflix and now available on vinyl. Order the vinyl on his site, nickthune.com. N-I-C-K-T-H-U-N-E. M-O-U-S-E. No, it's just the N-I-C-K-T-H-N-U-E.com. Nerdist Podcast number 542. Now entering Nerdist.com. Recording. That's it. We started. Wow. How's it feel? Just like that. You know, you wonder how it starts. I don't think anyone really wonders. Not with a bang. No, I think there's a blog that people always wanted to know. How do they start it? Does Chris just say we're recording or... There actually could be a Tumblr devoted to that. Yeah. <laughs> Is this it? Fuck yeah, Is they this started it. it. That's good. Yeah, that Tumblr? Should, someone should really go back to all the episodes and just like every time that happens and just make a, make a super cut. It's, oh, have we started... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, if we started uh, Tumblr. Yeah. What's the weirdest Tumblr site you've ever seen that's like a legit... Oh. Giffilis Cage? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's all gifs of Nicolas Cage freaking out in different movies. Gifless Cage. I didn't like the doctor that did like our sonogram test for the baby, and so I started googling him. And uh, there was a an article. There was a, a page. I'm not going to say his name, but it was his full name, first last name, killed my son. Dot Oh my what? god! <laughs> and it was a, and I like kept searching this guy's site, and he there was like links to it on New York Times articles about miscarriages and blah blah blah. And it was the darkest, like, this guy started, it was like, obviously it turned into a malpractice suit of some kind, and the hospital oh got the God. site turned down. But I just thought, how great that he used a Tumblr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, a Tumblr site. It's, it's an easy site to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how many notes did that? Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, was the, what was that Tumblarity? What was the Tumblarity of that site? <laughs> do they still do Tumblarity? No, that was, that was short-lived. Way did, into it, though. Do they, mm-hmm. still do, do they still do pokes on Facebook and werewolves and... I don't know. Remember when you first joined Facebook? It was like, so-and-so just poked you. So-and-so just bit you. Now you're a werewolf. Yeah, I never Go bite someone else. I don't think... I think that they're doing all that stuff, but I think people have chilled out on it a little bit. Yeah, well, there's other, like, games... I don't know if I can have any clue. I don't really go on it. I used... I I like that Facebook started the uh, the messenger service, so you can just use it as, like, an email. You Mm -hmm. don't have to go to the actual site and see what other fucking dumb shit people are posting. (laughs) But you can get emails to it like it's like it's it's as if it's its own email service oh so anyone who sends you a message on facebook you can have a separate app that you have that's just for that those messages interesting so now i have to answer those messages or you just don't get the app if you don't want to i always play that i don't check facebook that often sorry i missed your stand-up show two months ago yeah that's (laughs) that's the best way to do it (laughs) responding to yourself i'm sorry i missed my show two months ago (laughs) just wasn't there wasn't aware (laughs) are you are you touring at all right now you know the um, I'm doing like Denver next mm-hmm. month, but I'm not on a huge tour tour. Okay, because uh, I'm a dad. Yeah, I try to do two weeks a month though. I'm trying to put like a little Northwest thing together or something. You mean Kanye's baby? Yeah, mm-hmm. me and Northwest uh, just out on the road, no supervision. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, happens. That would actually be a pretty great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You're> good. <laughs> that would be a pretty great way to do a tour. Just because, because you know, mm. I mean, let's just say hypothetically you could rent that baby. Whatever you would pay for that baby would be worth it because, like, that baby would be the draw. Yeah, people come just to see huge draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that you're not a draw, but they're a bi- but that baby is a bigger draw than it's all of us combined. It's almost like saying, "Hey, I'm going to take the original R2 D2 on tour." Yeah, yeah. and it's just going to be on display. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm I would like to see an R2 D2. I'd love to see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to see a R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> they going to make the noise? they going to make the noise? Bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop, 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 Oh, sorry. Bloop. We can't do the noises. Uh, it's just <laughs> yeah, the sorry, R2-D2. Yeah, just, yeah. Imagine, though. I wonder. I bet they would rent out Northwest. I just wonder what the fee would be. Well, in a way, when they release pictures to the press, it's kind of like renting out the baby uh-huh. in a yeah. weird sort of way. You know, it's, the term is whoring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I think I'm, I'm actually whoring out a car right now. You sure are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, yeah, this, guy's a, a this guy's a shiller now, too. What'd you do? Well, I'm, you know, renting. When, I, when I'm on the road, I whore out cars. Where, you know, you rent a car. <laughs> whoring yeah. out an apartment currently with my wife. That's true, you're right. Did you, uh, yeah, when I'm on the road, I like to whore out a RAV4. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, I whore extra for the nav. Yeah. So then yeah. I get the, uh, the navigation, the mm-hmm. navigation. navigation. Sometimes I, uh, I uh, whore out a woman. Wait. Wait a second. No, sorry. I rent out a woman. Wait, what? Wait, I, I, uh, I 
I have sex with strangers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we get down to the bottom of it. Uh, right now, um, I'm, uh, I'm on a, a whore-to-own program. Mm-hmm. For a bunch of furniture. Nice. nice. I, I always whore it with an option to own it, but I never really pick up that option. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Well, why, you know, the milk's for free. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, talk, you're talking about that cow that I've been whoring out for You've a while. You've been whoring yeah. out that cow, yeah. I love the Hortles, that band that uh, broke off from Weezer. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a <laughs> yeah, 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 we brought it. Rentals, I got it. and then there's Matt. Uh, yeah. uh, he did that. With their hit song, Acquaintances of P. <laughs> that, that, that's right. Yeah. Because uh, they were because Rick Ocasek pre- pre- uh, produced the album. Yes, yeah. And they were talking about Paulina Poritskova. <laughs> that is such weird trivia that I know. Rick Ocasek produced the album. He produced the Rentals album. As yeah, because he I produced know. the first and third Weezer albums, and he's about to do the next one from the Cars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He did the Blue album, Green album. He's about to do their next one. Did Remember he produce f- any of the Cars albums? I believe so. Here, Kyle. When you know something, chime in so we don't sound like idiots. <laughs> yes, he did produce a couple cars. The cars, yeah. the cars. Yeah, that album. Uh, I don't know if he did that one. He did them later on. It's that Jimmy Page kind of thing mm-hmm. where he learned how to do it and then just did it. Yeah, yeah. God, I remember how fucking cool he was. Still pretty cool. <laughs> well, I mean, just in terms of the, uh, you know, when the cars were out. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just one of those bands. Where you're like, man. I don't even know if I love the music, but I just fucking love those guys. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I mean, like, I liked a lot of the, the Cars music, but they There's made some a... great stuff that they did. I mean, just great yeah. pop kind of. Yeah, it was almost like they broke down a science of how to make a pop tune. Yeah. And then they just did Nailed it. it. Yeah. I love that song, All Mixed Up, which isn't one of their more popular ones, but I found, you know, when you find a song through a backwards, like, channel of you hear somebody cover it, mm-hmm. like Mark Kozelik, is that his name? Kozelik. Kozelik. He yeah. did, like, this covers album, and he did that. Cars song and I'm, then you think that that's his song I didn't even know it was a covers album and someone's like oh yeah the Cars version is great and I'm like what do you mean the original oh now I heard I always heard it was Mark Kozalik but I don't know Kozalik is it, is that, it my, is, that sounds Sun Kills Moon right because yeah he was Sun Kill, Sun Kill Moon Sun Kill Moon because he did the he the did that Modest uh, Mouse he did the Modest Mouse yeah Tiny uh, Cities Made of Ash his fucking cover ACDC of, the whole ACDC cover album he's got is so good did he do an ACDC it's cover like album? 10 ACDC songs I absolutely love his cover of Trucker's Atlas is so good yeah yeah his drama mean is uh, the, his cover drama mean by Modest Mouse really I heard he's always on drama mean Probably no. He uh, he just whores it. Hey, <laughs> it's Lance. Did you hear the last Sun Kill Moon record? No. Yeah, the newest one. It's uh, the guy somehow has been able to make sadder songs. Mm-hmm. Really? They're even sadder. There's a just the song about his uh, cousin like dying in a freak explosion. What? Just it's it's like a fucking ten minute long song. Now the one and it doesn't get any better. It's a the, real sad the song. The one that I heard was the song about and it's him. real. Yeah, it's all real. How he's friends. Who was he hanging out with? He was friends with. Um, the song was all about. Oh, look it, look it up. It had yeah. something to do with. Was it on the last album? It's the most recently because I, I heard it on Sirius. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, that last oh, album. Though. Oh, he's talking about. It's it's it's. Uh, he's talking about hanging out with uh, Ben Gibbard. Oh, I think really? the song called. I think the song's called "My Friend Ben." Oh, jeez. And it's just this whole tale about. It's just this weird story about like. How he goes, and then he's playing a show, and then he's hanging out with Ben, and yeah, it's really he like kind of just step by step. But there's always just that he seemed like he had that he had a line, he had a line in a song from that last album uh, where it's just like uh, I was in a band in the '90s. Yeah, we were pretty, uh, we were Red, pretty cool. Red House Painters. Yeah, he was in Red House Painters, but like the line was like, uh, 
Um, we had a lot of female fans, and uh, damn, like fuck, they were all were hot. And now I just signed posters for guys in tennis shoes. I like that lyric. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was uh, like that's a, his. That was the kind of the single off this new album, right? Oh, well, that was among the leaves. So that was a single off the. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Sun, Sunshine in Chicago or something mm-hmm. like that was the song. But it's like it's a real like uh, a guy that had his moment, and now he's just aware of the moment, aware of the moment, and realizes that like it's just kind of dads coming to see him. But uh, what about like when Ben's my friend? Ben's my friend. Ben's, Ben's my friend. What about when he was in um, Almost Famous? What, what was he in Almost Famous? He was one of the band members in Stillwater. Really? And when, where he really shines is when they're singing um, Tiny Dancer, when they're pulling away from that drug kind of experience in the morning. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like, that's where you're like, oh, that's the one guy that can sing in this whole group. Oh, funny. <laughs> that's really funny. Mm-hmm. Was he the guy that also was like, I don't, I don't know, man, I just want to get a burrito or something? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, were you in bands? I was in a cover. I was in two bands. I was in a cover band called No Oblos, mm-hmm. where we did all like Ricky Martin, um, like Latin. These like kind of like that Latin America mm-hmm. um, kind of explosion. We only did those songs, mm-hmm. and then I was as many forms as possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, very ser- You know, very serious kind of mm-hmm. taking ourselves very seriously. And that's when I first did stand up. Actually, was an inter- intermission of that band's show, and then I was just in another horrible cover band. You know, <laughs> I never actually got into an original. Band, which was frustrating. But yeah, you've you've made songs. I have made songs. You made a yeah. ton of songs now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and me and Kate Micucci kind of had a band for a little bit, and then Garfunkel and Oates really stole her away. <laughs> <laughs> she should be like Charlene Yee and start eighty yeah. bands in a year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ricky Lynn home. <laughs> Too bad they're so good together. <laughs> you were almost Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. I could have been. You could have been Garfunkel. Our band was Electric Vehicle. And we, we made it just for the bumper sticker sales. We thought that was kind of our main, our main joke. <laughs> Did you That's make funny. bumper stickers? We, we designed them. Uh, we never actually got to the press. It's never too late. Yeah, then, I don't know. Then, like I said, you know, Ricky really took her away from me. <sighs> Ricky Lindholm. Well, you always have Ricky Martin. <laughs> you, can go back to your, you can go back to your Latin covers. Did you record anything? Um, we did actually. Well, she recorded something. We, we, we went, we recorded a thing with Richard Swift, um, mm-hmm. up in Cottage Grove, Oregon, where, do you know Richard or no? I, I know who he is. Yeah. yeah. He's now playing with the Black Keys actually. And oh, he, nice. Last year was with the Shins. He's, he's like just an amazing musician, but does all of his own stuff. But we recorded it for my first album. We oh, just that's right. Cause I remember pictures from you guys being up there. Yeah. Some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So you are from Seattle, Seattle. Mm hmm. I love bumper You know what shows. I was just remembering was a time when we hung out. Um, who was telling me? Reminded, Hugh Moore was reminding me mm-hmm. of this just in New York at uh, Bridgetown yeah. where we went and got uh, donuts super late at night one night. Me, you, uh, Firm. Mm-hmm. It was 07, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that was the f- second year of Bridgetown. Yeah. And you actually took my guitar and like... You're like, well, I'm going back to the hotel. So then you took my guitar and put it at the um, front desk. I was like, man, Chris, you know, people say he's a real dirtbag, but he's such a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not far off, but he also does nice things sometimes. <laughs> Every once in a while, he'll do something just so one person will be like, yeah, he's not so bad. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. You Trickle need, down effect. One guy. Yeah. Everyone else will be like, I don't know. <laughs> I love that festival. Yeah, it's a good festival. I, I haven't played it in years because it's... Um, uh, I, I always like to go do a bunch of shows at Helium. So mm-hmm. if I do Bridgetown, that means I can't go then perform. I can't do a bunch of shows myself for like a year. Unless so. you do like a fun unannounced thing. 
Yeah, but then I, I think it mm-hmm. doesn't really. It do, yeah, I know. It doesn't really help Bridgetown if they can't announce. Like, it's, yeah, it, yeah. You know, like that 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 more serves me. And then, you know, and and now I've been, you know, I've been working a lot, so it's sort of hard for me. And it's like, oh, I'll just go up there and do an unannounced set. Yeah, you know? but you like that town, so I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and they've really they've really na- started nailing it. Like every year, it just gets better and better. The, t- the city. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, also the festival. The fest, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think a, a festival now that's going to be huge is that new um, Denver one that Adam's doing. The, oh yeah, the uh, High Plains. High Plains. Yeah, I'm doing that on the Friday. On the Friday, I think because Denver is now a vacation. People go there just to smoke a ton of weed. Oh, that's right. Legally. Well, yeah. I mean, it's you know, Denver is very well situated because it's it's you know, in the entire like from the Mississippi River, everything west. It's like two hours from Denver. <laughs> two yeah. hours and less. Yeah, you yeah. can just pop over Fly, Yeah, and also like 280 days of sun a year, some ridiculous number of how much sunny sunny days. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good mm-hmm. city. I, I went to high school in Denver. It's a good oh. city. It's um, mostly a clean city from what I remember, but you could, because most of Denver is flat, and then, you, and then you're kind of sandwiched in by the mountains, but then most of it's flat, so you can see downtown sticking up from anywhere in the city. Yeah. And everything else is pretty flat, but then you could always see this, the brown cloud of pollution, just like, oh. just sort of like you know, float in mm-hmm. to downtown, oh. and then and then out in the next day. But it, but I love Denver so much. That fucking comedy works is such a great. Yeah, I'm doing that in a couple of weeks actually. I've never done the I've never done the suburban one, but the da- the Larimer Square one's fantastic. I think that they look at people like us and they think, ah, oh, we'll keep them downtown. <laughs> just meaning that I think that they they reserve a specific comedian to go over. They wouldn't even let me do this. City people one. and suburb people. Yeah, we're city people. Yeah, we're cities. We're city people. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. But I don't. I don't know if I, I know that the, <laughs> the suburban club is actually more of a theater. Like it's mm-hmm. a bigger. It's beautiful. I went to a church service there once. They oh, have shit. They do a church service on Sunday in a brunch, and so we went and actually filmed it and pretended like it was my opening act because I made like a little behind the scenes of my shows in Denver from, cause I tape my CD there. And so maybe we made it look like the gospel choir is my opening act. That's that, hilarious. That's, fantastic. <laughs> that's really funny. But there's something about the, you know, that, uh, the, the downtown club, it just, it, it has the right feel for a comedy club, which is that low ceiling. It, well, it just, it feels like a space that you kind of shouldn't be in. It's mm. under, it's literally underground mm-hmm. and the walls are like stone and oh, the wow. room is kind of narrow. Do you know it the, sort of, it sort of feels like a speakeasy, which is, I think, that's yeah. one of the, I mean, like, comedy should sort of, like, in, by nature, it's kind of, sub, it's sort of subversive. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so when you're, when you're in a space that tells you, like, the space is, you know, maybe shouldn't be or is sort of mm-hmm. subversive, then I think it just sets a nice, sets a Definitely. nice tone as opposed to, like... Like a fancy place. It's Being fancy underground is a bonus. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's much more presentational. Then it's like, well, now why not just do a theater show? It's yeah. haunted, too. It was a bank, and in the green room that's in the back there was the safe. And a girl hung herself in that uh, room, in the safe room. Well, it's not very safe then. No, not for you know self-inflicted yeah. stuff. No. Uh, but the the waitress <laughs> Natasha was opening for me uh, this just as a favor when I was doing my CD to help kind of boost the audience a little. And the uh, the waitress told her the whole story, and Natasha like related to me. And so the next day, I was like, all right, I'm going to make her retell me the story. And then I had this local comedian wear a white dress because she's like the girls in a white dress, and just had him like in the corner of the um, the room, 
and I had her like retell me the story and she's walking me through and then she opens the door to give me the finale of the oh, no. girl in the white dress that hung herself and flips the light on and he's just standing there in the middle of the room and she screams oh, so loud <laughs> and then realized oh it's a guy in a dress oh and oh my god that's yeah. so awesome and mean Make yeah. sure, that's a great that's a good prank that is a that was that's a lot of planning just for one I've done a lot of stuff at that club meet Rory opened for me there and we did uh um because you know the um have you, you probably never stay in the condo I don't stay there I stayed in the condo in the beginning in the, in the beginning yeah. yeah and I've done like I bought like a $10 rocking chair and it had my name engraved into it and put it on the deck like I always try and leave a mark there somehow <laughs> and Jesselneck was the week after me and Rory and so there were these really horribly framed pictures in the thing and so we were like up there lying and I was like lying in the bed watching the TV and Rory was in the couch and I go you know what we should do is get a picture of us lying in this bed and frame it over the couch so when you're in the bed you see a pic so we got like Coors Light took our shirts off got in the bed had somebody downstairs come up the hotel the people were like what and we're like just take a picture of us shirtless in bed together got that framed and put it above the couch and then the next day I was over there and I was like you know what we should do is get a picture of us sitting on the couch under the picture of us in the bed drinking and put that over the bed <laughs> and, and, and then, and then we just did that, and then we realized, oh, the picture of us in the bed has to be superimposed inside the picture of us. Like, it has to keep going deeper and deeper. <laughs> and so after, like, $200 of framing... And <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> we, we leave, and Jesselneck, I'm, like, waiting. He gets there on Thursday. I'm like, I can't wait to get the call. No call. Saturday. Finally, I call him. I go, what the fuck, dude? You, are you going to call me? And he goes, oh, yeah, they took... They, they said there was something that you did, but they took him down because they try and keep the... The condo, like you know, pretty straight lace. Oh man! But now they have they have those up in the office. They have those pictures of shirtless pictures of me and Roy drinking Coors Light. <laughs> you know, they could have left those. And there's their fucking fucking one weekend. Yeah, exactly. Know? That's really that's that that bums me out. Yeah, that reminds me of the time we tried to pull a prank, UCLA, one year, bunch of comedy club guys. We're gonna pull a big prank. There's a giant bear statue in the middle of campus. And uh, it's the Bruin statue. And his mouth is open in a, ah, you know, like mid, sort of mid-roar. We, you know, got a mannequin, bloodied it up. <laughs> <laughs> Attached all this, like, loose meat and bacon, like, coming out of the, like, that, like put the arm in its mouth. And then, yeah. like, hung all this oh, bacon geez. off it. And then, like, put it, put the body down, you know. Maybe got one picture of it, and it was re- you know it was like right at sunrise, like just before sunrise. Yeah, and and then just sort of like went to get coffee and like oh I can't wait till everyone starts going to class. And we went to golf, get coffee, come back. It's already gone. Just already like, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The facilities are like yeah, yoink. Uh-huh. See, I remember my high school. Somebody pranked the last day of school. This girl, we get to school and there was the flagpole had a car. The flagpole was going through the middle of a car. So like somebody had basically, and it was like the thing, like, how did this happen? And later in the day, the girl went to the office and confessed. They were like, whoever did it, you're not in trouble. We just want, <laughs> we, we want to give you credit. And she like went there and she's like, me and my dad spent like six months cutting this car in half. Oh, wow. We came last night and he helped me like with a, <laughs> it was like a real operation, but such a good prank. Wow. But one that they couldn't, like they couldn't physically get, they molded it back there. They, they. Whatever. So the guy had to come and like sh- saw the car in half just to get it off the flagpole. Jesus. Thank you for confessing you're expelled. Yeah. <laughs> the total. Yeah. That's our prank is that we said that you wouldn't be in trouble, but uh, you're very much yeah. in trouble. Me and my friends, <laughs> once uh, our friend Chuck, uh, we were going we to kidnap him. We, were, we all got black Ooh. masks 
and we all like went to his place. We're gonna like you know bag him, tie him up, put him in the trunk. Uh, <laughs> was uh, he aware of this? No, no, okay. he didn't know this was gonna happen. Uh, and then we go to his place. Uh, like we're all like sneaking around because it's like his room was like really far away from the way the house mm-hmm. was set up. It was really far away from the parents' room, and uh, so it was like perfect. Like you know, if he made a struggle, we could easily handle it. And uh, we were all, we were, all of our friends, all of our friends were horrible to each other. Our friend uh, Raph Taylor like set up this horrible precedent of just like, like he would put shit on people, like human shit on like the back of steering wheels and stuff like. So it was like, oh, like yeah, it's like God. he was like, that's not a prank. That's like, that's just yeah, yeah. No, no, it's just like, just everyone would do horrible shit to each other. It's like, it's like I don't know why any of us were friends because we were just trying to murder each other all the time. And so we're like, this would be really funny if we try to like kidnap Chuck. And then so we uh, we're like going up to his door like he had his own door to the outside and it was a glass door and he, like we're all in mask and then he's awake like at four in the morning just on irc like chatting with people in his underwear and then like he like someone steps on something it makes a noise he looks he just sees some masked dudes uh and then he just like flips out like n- his computer gets knocked over a huge computer knocked over the desk and then runs through a plate glass window <laughs> So the prank got even better. Pranked him. Yeah. And then, like, and then just like runs his place and went screaming to his parents um, that he was like, like there was like mass man. We bolted and then he never mentioned it to us ever. And you didn't mention it to him? We never mentioned it to him. Uh, like it's like. going to find out on this podcast? No. Here's a weird thing about Chuck is that he went crazy. Like, he moved up to Seattle. Well, you guys always broke his about brain. It. Yeah, I think his parents kept on trying to convince him that he was crazy. He moved up to Seattle, and he was like, I'm crazy. My parents think I'm crazy. Um, then he would, like, smoke pot and do shrooms and sit in a closet. Because he's like, he's like, that's what crazy people do. It was a really weird thing. We think, like, his parents made him crazy. They influenced him. And yeah. Crazy. And then he actually, now he's, like, lives off the government and d- doesn't have a job and is, is just kind of nuts. From Seattle, Nick pulls off the mask. <laughs> Finally, we're even. You know, that reminds me of a whole, something that I think I thought was a prank, but it was also based off my own insecurities. And now I'm married to her. But my wife and I had, had dated for three years, broke up for five, and got back together. And we broke up for a little time in that first three years because I had created... This is, I guess, the beginning of catfishing, really. I had created this fake girl, Heidi Mellon, Heidi Mellon at Hotmail.com, and emailed my wife... Or the girlfriend at the time just saying like, hey, I just want you to know like you're so lucky. Your boyfriend is like super good looking and um, just want you, I hope you know how lucky you are. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and she like, she's like, that's so weird. And then the next day I was like, hey, saw you guys at uh, this cafe oh, no. yesterday. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Why so, would you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I can look back. And, and, I thought, and then I had it. Remember how you could set is up these accounts? Were you like trying to like save the relationship? Like, I think that I was like trying. I don't know. I think I just had a really bad sense of humor. I, yeah. And so then eventually she was carrying these. She printed like maybe four of the emails out and was carrying them in her purse, like showing to people like, this is insane. And then finally we went to Togo's one day, that sandwich place, you know, Togo's. And uh, I was like, listen, I'm Heidi Mellon. Um, and she just got up and like didn't even start her sandwich and just got in her car. She had driven me there. Just took off. And now, you know, I was just sitting in a Togo's <laughs> with two sandwiches. <laughs> she didn't call me for a week and then she forgave me. But holy shit. That's where you learn the boundaries. And every now and you again, we'll still Heidi. bring up Heidi yeah. Miller. You should really take him back. <laughs> I, remember, I'm I might still him. have access to that account. Do you know how often they? Yeah. I remember uh, uh, during the early MySpace days, someone uh, sent me a link to a MySpace profile, which was for somebody else. But all the pictures were of me. And um, and there was a lot of interaction between 
this guy with that looks like me, who is me, and this other girl like flirting on the comments, mm-hmm. like or the the bulletin board or whatever, you know, like like you know joking around, like can't wait, so we should go snowboarding, all kinds of weird shit like that. And then um, I kind of was just watching it for a while. Then I started looking at the, that girl who's interacting with this guy that looks that is me, uh, and and she's really cute. And she's really attractive. And so I kind of was like, oh, what the fuck? This is really weird. And so I finally, I just like, I, I messaged the that profile. I was like, hey, man, it's me, you. <laughs> this is really funny, but what the fuck is going on? And then a the guy responds with, oh, okay, this, okay. How did you find this? <laughs> and I was like, someone sent it to me. He's like, who? And I was like, I don't know. Just, uh, just someone that uh, I know. And then they're, they're like, okay, well... Our friend has this girlfriend that sucks, and we're convinced that she cheats on him all the time. So we created a profile based off the type of guys she likes, and you look like the type of guy she wow. likes. Oh my god! And you do the stuff that she likes, like snowboarding and you know stuff like that, and likes the same bands. And we were trying to in, do some entrapment to like then show like like convince her to get together with this guy. Basically. Say all the things that she really wanted people to say to her, but instead of her boyfriend doing that, we thought we'd make a fake person to do it. <laughs> yeah, and then so it's like, and so wait, wait, they were going to try and they like, were going to try to entrap her so that she would go for this guy, so they could go to her friend, their friend, and go, look, she's yeah, she this. sucks. Mm-hmm. That was like, uh, I was like, that's nuts. He's like, we'll take it down. I was like, please do. And then I messaged the girl and I was like, hey, this is the real me. <laughs> uh, you seem to really like the way that I look. Um, I have a completely different personality, and she's like, "Whoa, this is really crazy." And then, but we kept on messaging back and forth, uh, and then I uh, then I realized how creepy that made me, and how <laughs> weird I felt because of that. And then I just stopped responding and blocked her. Mm. I was actually the victim of a catfish. Really? Um, yeah, my godfather. This is it's dark, but he uh, wore. He was in Vietnam, and he just kind of like lost his business, went crazy, and um, he. <laughs> He shows up one day when I was living in, in California, when I moved down here, and he said, hey, um, you know, I took your brothers and sister on a vacation to Hawaii when you were younger, and you didn't get to come, and I always feel like I've owed you this vacation, and I'm just down here visiting my dad. I'd love to take you to Catalina. I was like, great, right, fine. So next thing I know, we're helicoptering to Catalina. Cash influx. What I don't know, he's stolen five grand from under his dad's bed um, in Long Beach, and we stopped there on the way. We get to Catalina. And let's take a golf cart tour. So we're taking golf. It's hot. My shirt's off, you know. And he's like, I want to get, let's get a picture of you over here by this. Uh, and he's taking all these pictures of me like all day. And then the next week, it was just a night whirlwind trip. And then he stays at my house for a few days. And um, he kept using my friends. He's like, how do I upload these pictures? I want to send them to his wife. And I want to. And so he's using my, my buddy's computer. And he goes grocery shopping. And I'm like, let me see what he's really doing in his computer. And I get, and he ended up signing out of his hotmail. And I get into his hotmail. There's no emails there's no um sent whatever and then i go in the deleted and there they all are to this russian woman that is in russia that he's been sending money to and pictures of me saying that that's him oh my god that's not at all where i thought that was going yeah yeah and uh did you fuck that russian lady yeah well you know that's again that's again how i met my wife (laughs) (laughs) Olga. (laughs) it was the weirdest scariest thing that's insane yeah so how did you confront i just called my dad and i was like hey this is weird I don't want to confront him. And the next day he's like, the next day he's like, Hey, I got to go. So my dad must just call him and been like, Hey, get the fuck out of my son's house. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is Whoa. weird. Yeah. You could have had Heidi Mellon send him an email. I know. Yeah. Heidi Mellon actually think looking back was a pretty good name. Mm-hmm. 
It's a great name. Heidi Mellon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, based off my obsession with boobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and how you like them to keep them hidden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how I, I think I wear great shirts, and she's always complimenting my shirts. <laughs> That's a little delayed reaction there. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, Heidi Mellon. Okay, I missed that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Heidi Mellon. Yeah, Heidi Mellons. I mean, come on. <laughs> Heidi Mellon. We're all friends here. We're all comics. We like yeah, we're good... all just having a good time. We're yeah, okay. it's fun. No one got hurt by that dumb joke. Yeah, it's like the three most. I think it only brought joy to our day, Nick. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is the the album is out? The special's out now. That album's out. Yeah, actually, just came out with a vinyl. On Folk the 24th. Hero. Yeah, Folk Hero is on Netflix and iTunes, but then a uh, vinyl just came out. So what, um, how long did you, how long was the process for putting the special together? I think it took five years for my last thing. The whole, I think I really didn't do much for a year or two, you know, like that, you know, when you like finish something and then you just go out in the road and you really have no direct, at least I didn't have a direction back then. I really didn't realize the process of making an album and then immediately trying to come up with the next one. I thought, well, I did it. I should just relax a bit and tour on the same things. And you realize you can't do what bands do. Like a band puts an album out and they're just like, well, I'll tour on that for three years, I guess. This yeah. one album. Yeah, because people love hearing songs again. They <laughs> don't love hearing jokes they've It's really made. weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, like, I'm sure, like, someone like Mitch Hedberg, people are like, they want to hear the classics. You know, well, but, it's just yeah. that a classics song, last, you know, a song 10 is a, a song is mm-hmm. a journey, basically, and a yeah. joke is a magic trick. Yeah. So people, you know, people just don't want to see the same magic tricks over and over again. They want to see new magic tricks, but the songs. You know, the songs kind of anchor them in moments of their lives. And so they're basically like a song is a diary, a musical diary. I like to think that the band Journey, before they got their name, was sitting on like, what is a song? It's a, I guess the song's a journey. <laughs> the first band was like, <laughs> what a trip. Maybe <laughs> it should be Journey. Um, yeah, so I think that's, you know, I know that, that that's part of it. But there are some, you know, like I'm sure if Gaffigan... Like no. Brian Regan or something like Brian Regan yeah. or Gaffigan, if you know, like if he busted out Hot Pockets again, people would go crazy just because it's like I think Regan does that too, where he does like an hour and a half, goes off, and then comes back and takes requests and like uh, does you know the alphabet or whatever people want to hear. Boy, he's so fucking amazing. Like he's just he's just one he's just one of those guys that's a holdover from the old way that comedy worked, mm-hmm. and he just he just has this tenure. He just has this legendary status and. Yeah. Never really did a lot of television, didn't really do movies, just fucking toured nonstop and was funny every fucking time. Yeah. That's how he, you know, like that's how you build up. I listen to um, like Sirius a lot and I'll bounce between like Laugh USA and Raw Dog and the Comedy Central station. And he's one of the one people that they will play in every single one of those and never gets old, you know, like because there's some people like, all right, I've heard it, you know, or my friend, but I still have heard it. And, you could listen to his bits over and over again. Yeah, I think a, a lot of uh, uh, Brent Weinbach bits are like that for me. Yes, or it's like yeah. uh, Russian Alphabet as like one of them, and mm-hmm. you just like it's like I can just it's just it's they're so silly and so weird that you could just hear them over. Well, because he's also performing in a way that yeah is this you know it's not like Louis like yeah you want to you Louis does great bits and they change and it's fun to like watch him pop in and do ten at the Improv or something and see where he's moving with it, but yeah. After I see one of his specials, I'm like, all right, I can see the next one. Now. Well, his, yeah. because because Louis Louis's material by his design is mm-hmm. very disposable in yeah. the sense, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. I just no. mean like he wants to get through a special a year, so he just kind of like 
he just fucking like writes it really fast, puts it together really fast, records it, and he's already on. To and the it's next great, thing. and it's fun to hear for sure. Yeah, but it's not like that. And it's made to just kind of hear and throw away in yeah. a way. Yeah, because yeah, it's about that that mm-hmm. time. I mean, he's done like eight and... specials or something crazy. Is it that that many or is it more? Yeah, it's something yeah. something like that. And he's already you know, and my, most comics will will only ever do one or two, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like three is like, oh, that's getting that's ambitious for you know, but fucking eight or in in like eight years, yeah, and a TV show, a bunch of TV shows, and then and then the latest one, yeah, the Dow boobies, and now I'm doing the he's doing the I'm doing the Oddball Fest, yeah, yeah, saw that he's on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's weird though because they say like going to Seattle, but it's going to Auburn. How far outside of Seattle is that? Pretty far. Auburn's not too close. I mean, it's you know an hour. Oh, huh. yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's like, yeah. uh, what's that other place? But I feel like they're doing it. It's oddball. So like going, I think they're going to a weird place outside of Seattle in a way. Not like what Auburn's are weird. What are the venues for this? They're fucking massive. We're, like one of the one of the besides the other comics who were doing it. One of the reasons why I got super giddy about doing it is because one of the venues is Red Rocks. Oh, weird. And, that's crazy. I mean, these yeah. are like. These are like six thousand seat venues. Are these all are these people doing all of them? No. It, yeah, it, it's like it, there's like a color code on the flyer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm doing like there's I think there's twenty dates, and I think I'm doing like fifteen of them. Louis doing most of them, and then other people like Gaffigan's popping in and out, Aziz is popping in and out, Marin's popping Brody in and out. Brody has a side stage. Brody has a side stage. Uh, <laughs> why is that funny? I don't know, but we're all laughing. <laughs> sure, you could go watch the main stage. Sure, you could. Yeah. Or here, you know, we're keeping it real the here in Auburn. Push Auburn. Leave. Capitol Hill. Hill. <laughs> I've been to Queen Anne. <laughs> don't tell me. I know. Yeah. I know the U District. <laughs> Ballard <Yeah>. is a place. <laughs> I've eaten at Dick's. I know Susie the fry cook. How's uh, how's the comedy scene in Seattle? It goes in its ups and downs. I think right now, like there, it's just like any city where I guess Chicago is a, not a good example of this, where they have like people move out of Chicago and then that next group just kind of fires right up. And they're you know, I think Seattle, like a lot of guys left, and they're now in their rebuild. You know, and there's still super funny guys up there. It's just not, they don't have like the leader that they used to have. Like Scott Moran used to kind of really kind of lead the Republic of Comedy mm-hmm. with Emmett Montgomery and a, and a couple of people. Emmett's super funny. He's still up there. But yeah, it just, it's in like that rebirthing kind of, I think it's every five or six years they get a great kind of group of people. But, yeah, I think that's that's what Portland's issue right now too. Is like uh, like all the Portland guys popped in and, Ian and yeah. Ian and Ron and mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like it's it's weird that it just kind of percolates and everyone yeah. Leaves. But like that credit to all the Denver guys, you know the Grolics, like staying in Denver. Yeah, you know. But like like you said, it's like it's a hub. It's close to a bunch of places that they can kind of sustain. yeah yeah. I mean you you know, and especially the way things work now, you don't you know like you, if especially if you're that close. Yeah, if there are big auditions, they can fly in, or ultimately they can, you know. I mean, if they're that closer to the middle of the United States, that just it's just a lot easier to tour. Yeah, all yeah. around the, the Midwest. It seems like Adam Kate Holland lives in L.A. That's the guy that's like actually what you week. what you want. I think yeah. that's the thing is you come here and you live here for a year, and everyone's like, "Oh, he lives here," and then without telling anybody, you move back to your home place, <laughs> and then people just assume you're still here because how often do you see people? Yeah, and then every you know? couple months you just pop in. Yeah, drop um, in. You know, do it. Yeah. 
do a set somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Local set somewhere. And, and Ben and uh, Ben and um, Andrew are starting to come a lot more too. So like they're starting to become regulars. I love I love the fact that they're staying there and they're really making a go at it. And they it's not and there's no lack of opportunities for them. I think mm-hmm. it's really really cool. I bet I was doing that for a while on my MySpace page and my and my Twitter was just changing every six months the city that I live in. Mm-hmm. And then people take that seriously. They're like, how long have you been living in Missoula? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I performed in Missoula once. <laughs> really? I've never done Missoula. I've done Bozeman. Furman and I performed at um, uh, what's the school there. Is it just the University of Montana? Yeah. And um, it was really cool, actually. I think, we flew into, I think we flew into Spokane and then just drove over to Missoula, mm-hmm. which is a fucking gorgeous drive. Yeah. It's it's, it's big sky country, friend. Well, it's gorgeous mm-hmm. because you're going through you're going through mountains, and so you you stop in these little towns that were like mining towns that are just preserved, and now you know. Um, it, it's, it I was, love Montana. It's gorgeous, yeah. And but in Missoula was really was really fun. We performed outside. We performed outside, like on just a big intramural field or something, oh, wow. and it's just like the sunset and the mountains and everything. It was just, Do you remember the commercials to buy land? There's TV commercials to buy land in Montana. You remember those? Uh, can you still do it? I probably, but like it was just, I remember, been a dream. it was like it was just like just gorgeous shots. It was like Montana. It's like, like the you, California ads. Yeah, but it was for you could. It was all about selling land. Mm-hmm. It was like you know the California ads are like come and surf and snowboard in the same day. But yeah. <laughs> fucking go home when you're done. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're crowded. <laughs> That's my LA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the Montana one was just like it's like buy land. It's cheap. It's the plentiful. Look at look at there's mountains and there's rivers and it's big sky country. Just a guy axing. This is my Montana. Yeah. <laughs> and the next guy almost look identical. And this is my Montana. If you lived here, you'd be home by now and asking yourself, who the fuck do I know here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did I leave my friends? <laughs> yeah. It's cheap, but there's a reason I pay more to live near people than civilization. <laughs> they cut to some guy like, yeah, you know, I feel like I got tricked moving out here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, my only friends are these guys in this, like, I guess you called a militia, but yeah, they're yeah. nice guys. <laughs> you know, I had a great job back in the city, but it just didn't give me enough time to experiment with pipe bombs. So <laughs> <laughs> now I got to... Yeah. Come out yeah, here. We're not saying everyone in Montana makes pipe bombs, just a twenty percent or whatever. The, it's hard uh, to skin animals in the city. People ask questions. <laughs> what do you do with a carcass? But out here yeah. in Montana, I can just throw it Easy. in the woods. Yeah. Love my, co- I love my country. Hate my government, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> this is my land. I'm a sovereign nation, Montana. Yeah, Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana never lived here. Nope. Montana. <laughs> That's on the license plate. <laughs> Joe Montana, total coincidence. <laughs> Montana, no not relation. ironic. Not ironic, just a coincidence. Yeah. That's his autobiography title. <laughs> that, would, that would have been a great lyric in uh, Alanis Morissette's song. <laughs> Isn't it a runner? Oh, don't you think? <laughs> Who is this? Well, it's the soul of Alanis Morissette. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dooby dabble dabble. I'm so fascinated by her relationships. Like Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. Dave Coulier. Mm-hmm. She's with someone else now that's kind of weird. I, like, she must just be like an amazing lay or date or I don't know what. I, well, she seems cute. I knew she, Dave. Oh, she is cute. I, mean, yeah, I, was, but... I was friends with Dave for a long time, and, and Dave said she's just like the fucking coolest girl. Yeah. And what happened? I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they. I don't know why they broke up. 
He didn't get into that though. He did not. You know, he didn't get into that part. I think it, <laughs> yeah. you know. He but then she to... ha- all the time about the toast, and you're leaving your toast out. Yeah, he didn't want her going down on him in a movie theater. That wasn't him. Oh, that wasn't him. So wait, what? Well, I think... that was in the song. Um, um, the, you ought to know. It's like uh, it was a. Will she go down on you in a theater? No, I think the part about oh. Dave was something about I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner. Like she called. It was something about like calling. They like they were broken up, and then he was having dinner with his new girlfriend, and she called in the middle of dinner, and it was probably like a, you know, I'm kind of, we're kind of eating dinner right now. Like, oh, oh and then I that was when the lyrics hate to bother you in the middle of dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a slap in the face. <laughs> I was replaced. Were you eating some steak? And potatoes. <laughs> what rhymes with potatoes? <laughs> Tomatoes? Tomatoes, yeah. I mean, you obviously tomatoes. That's, you know. I say potatoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what, uh, what, how old is the baby now? Seven months. Wow. Yeah. It's a real human. You're going to keep it? We're still on the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, and the doctor says give it a year. And if you don't want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a year from now? Mm-hmm. Or just like a year? A year, from the, year from actual when pregnancy began. So she was pregnant for two years before we had him. Yeah, oh, yeah, a, yeah. They said it was abnormally long. Period, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. It doesn't sound fun. No. No, the pregnancy part actually was delightful um, for me. <laughs> and I, I think that her two after we had the kid, she's like, I guess I could have been pregnant for a while longer because it was relaxing. And um, you don't have a kid that wakes you up all the time. But like he woke up at five this morning. That was a real thing. You My know? dog does that. Yeah. yeah. Same, totally the same thing. Totally the same thing. Got to get up. <laughs> yeah. Feed it. Warm the milk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tits are sore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you breastfeed your dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feed a dog other than that? I think that's how most people do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just inject the dog with proteins that it needs for the day. <laughs> Muscle milk? <laughs> yeah. Muscle milk. Yeah. You know, some enzymes. <laughs> muscle, <laughs> muscle milk bone. I feed a muscle milk <laughs> muscle bone. Muscle milk bone. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it was By a the way, my dog's ripped. Muscle milk bone. Dog, dog's, got a, dog's got a six pack. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, I think creatine is one of the main things in a dog's diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think any good trainer, and I might have heard this on the dog whisperer, is that to be a good dog owner, you, you have to make sure. <laughs> To make sure to blast the dog's lats. I think it's very <laughs> that was funnier uh-huh. to me. Than it, <laughs> it really took you. Blasting yeah, lats yeah. is a good, you know. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked it, but the anticipation is what kind of killed it for me. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know why that's so fucking funny to me. Just this stocky dog. It just—it reminds me. The image of the dog that I get is the dog from. Um, the episode of The Simpsons, The Last is Gone in the West, where he meets the old time, the, the, the old West oh, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And the episode, the, the, the inciting incident in the episode is that this dog is bullying him, and it's just like just this fucking like yeah. muscle dog. Yeah. <laughs> until he meets that guy. Ah, that's right, kid. The David O. Selznick. <laughs> I think that was Dennis Weaver. Oh, really? If I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Also, the dogs in Up, right? Were those the robot like buff dogs that were? Super buff, yeah. yeah. Blasting lats, mm-hmm. blasting lats. So is the baby blasting lats yet, or are you? We're doing tricep stuff so far. Um, yeah, we just want to have a healthy balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I actually had a bug bite that's gone down a lot, but it, my I had a mos- or mosquito or spider bite that actually looked like I had a tricep <laughs> <laughs> last week, and I from like the right angle, it just looked like I was just pumping like it. Yeah, out, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but you're not. No. no. <laughs> do, like, you have, do you have an exercise regime? Uh, walking. Mm-hmm. Walking the baby. I would like, that's the thing I need to do, though, because I went to the doctor and he's like, listen, your cholesterol. He said my good cholesterol is bad, which he didn't explain that. That was in a voicemail. <laughs> your I don't good know. cholesterol. Listen, I, what I have bad. to tell you is very important to your health, but I don't have a lot of time. Yeah, and you, got, you need vitamin D, which I heard he, he said because I grew up in the Northwest, you get a lot of vitamin D when you're young if you like live here and then you don't have a deficiency. But if you grow up in the Northwest where there's not a lot of sun, when you get older, you will have to take supplements. Oh, oh wow. interesting. Yeah. yeah now, I, it's a mixed bag for me when I visit Seattle, like half the time rainy, but when it's sunny. Oh, it's the best. God, yeah. It's one I, of the best cities. I really honestly, maybe this makes me a huge pussy, but I could not live in a city where the weather was oppressive for most of the year. Mm-hmm. I no, ju- it gets I tough. Mean, like it really does. It really does affect my mood. It doesn't when you live there. When I'm you, sure when you grow doesn't. up there, but sure. then when you leave and you come back, then it does. You're like, oh, jeez, man. What I mean, it's just know? a part of your life when you're there. Yeah. yeah my friends that like were never really outdoor types uh, that I grew up with in Hawaii, which is you know outdoor year round. You know, mm-hmm. there's, you can always go and do something outdoorsy. They never did. They're all indoor guys. Uh, they moved to Seattle, and then the since they didn't have the ability to even if they wanted to go outdoors, go outdoors. Like now that when it's sunny, they immediately go on hikes. They like go like they do sports outside. They play basketball, like anything to just be out in the sun. And it's really where how it turned them in that. Now they're all like, they go on like crazy three day camping trips into the mountains and stuff like that. That is as Oregon, especially has some of the most beautiful, like yeah. lake hidden lakes and mountains, like weird. Oregon. What yeah. was the, um, that year that we went to Bridgetown, we went out to that fucking waterfall. What's it called? Mm-hmm. Shit. Someone who, who, someone in Portland now is like, hey, it's called up. Will someone look it up? Waterfall. It's a bit about an, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes outside of Calamith? Portland. Calamith? No, no, no. But it's fucking, it was, it's so amazing. Yeah. Just that kind of, I mean, there really is something about the way that we are wired. I'll know the name. No. No. Just look up Waterfalls, Portland. But there is just there's something about when you see something majestic in nature where some weird thing just deep inside you goes, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be a part of that somehow because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we're, we're just so that's you know a, that's a really good point. No, it's weird though because no because I grew up no. in, I, I grew up in a place where that was left and right. You know, you're seeing crazy awesome mountains. You're seeing waterfalls in the distance. You're seeing you know, the ocean. Did you grow up in Kona? No, no, on Oahu. Uh-huh. Uh, but like you know, you're seeing and you. When you're growing up, you're just like, you're like, meh, meh, meh. And then um, when I go back now, it's like I'm taken aback by that same kind of thing where I'm like, why did I n- – this is insane. Like I need to be on that mountain. I need to be near this water. I need, you know, you kind of – it can get – you can numb to it. Even LA, LA it's like you know, all this stuff is around us. Oh, There's Angeles a, Crest. People Angeles have never Crest, been up to Angeles Crest. It's like in 45 minutes away. There's you want to dump a body, that's where there. you go, Angeles Crest. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, go yeah. to the Angeles National Forest. yeah. yeah. I just saw there's a there's a there's a rock you can jump off up there into water. Oh really? There's some someone just put up a video somewhere up on that trail. Nice, I'd be down for going. But there's there. a campground that's 40 minutes out of LA that's called Chileo, which is just above Spitz Falls, which mm-hmm. is where you go. That is beautiful. I mean, and nobody even knows about it. I, every time I tell somebody, they go and they like, rave about you it. You know, guys like uh, like Brooks Whelan and Ryan Singer. Those I sent him up there. Yeah, yeah, they go up to those mm-hmm. mountains all the time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's so close. It really is close, and you don't you don't. <laughs> You don't have to go that far out of L.A. to feel like you're not in L.A. anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really fast. I remember uh, 
you know, two winters ago, there was snow up in the uh, Glendale Mountains. And so, like, from my place in Atwater to there, 25 minutes, snow. Yeah, you go up a hill and there's, like, a cafe there. You get hot chocolate. You yeah, go up yeah. in the snow and you can, like... Oh, there really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Is yeah. that the place where they used to have chairlifts? Oh, I don't think... Because there's a place oh, yeah, up in yeah, Angeles yeah. Crest or deeper down in there somewhere where you can... There's, like, an abandoned ski mountain that doesn't yeah. even get snow I think anymore. it's further down, like, like Mount Baldy, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yes, yes. Did you, did you not, have you not found this? I all right, you guys talk for a sec while I look at mm-hmm. the uh, the Oregon waterfalls. Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk? Oh, uh, Multnomah Falls. Yeah, Multnomah. Multnomah mm-hmm. Falls. There it is. Fucking fantastic, mm-hmm. Multnomah Falls. You want to talk spokesperson stuff, or you want to keep that out? I, I love being a spokesperson. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to right now. Yeah, yeah. I my my responsibilities are basically done unless they rehire me. Did they? Yeah. See, that was a weird thing. I'm not sure if you know this, but he's now the spokesperson for the Honda Fit. Oh, mm-hmm. they started last night. What kind of night, car right? do you drive, Jonah? I drive a Honda Fit. And, and tell them you got it after you saw the commercial. I, That's I the just most got it. I just thing. got this 2009 Honda Fit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's um, it's it's a weird thing because you know people see you and they know you, mm-hmm. and then they're able to tell you they saw the commercial. But it really, it's a it's an odd it's an odd. So feeling. far, I've been called out. As, I've been called to sell out once. And then the person apologized immediately after. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it is selling out to support my son and wife. And, yeah. you know, to after all working for free forever I to think people, take I, a job. I, I, yeah. I, think people like to say, I think people like to throw out the term selling out without even realizing exactly what it is. But selling out isn't about getting paid to do something. Selling out, selling out is, I believe, um, where you would say, uh, hey, uh, I don't believe in this company because they test on animals. And then the company says, hey, we want to hire you to be our spokesperson. You okay. go, okay. I think it's, <laughs> it's compromising your core beliefs for, for some type of gain, yeah. some type of financial mm-hmm. gain or some sort of super, superficial gain. That's selling out. It's not, it's not, you know, as Henry Rollins, I heard him describe it once. It was like conducting a business transaction is not selling out because he did those truck commercials. Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, but it's Well, not- Dave Eggers, I think, said it best if you've ever read that Harvard interview he did where the, the question nine or something out of 12 questions was – do you feel like you're selling like because of your selling this book as a movie? Does it feel like you're? Do you feel like a sellout or whatever? And he said, "Just see addendum and definitely read this." And everybody, it's so good. But he does this addendum that's longer than the whole answers that he gave, and he just rips this guy apart. And he's like, "So did the Flaming Lips sell out when they were in Beverly Hills 90210?" Because doing that allowed them to make an album where there were six discs that you had to play all at the same time. Yeah. And does that mean that they sold out because they made this one piece of art that, you know, like, it's just, it's such a good kind of perspective that I used to worry about that all the time. I used to worry about, like, this indie, like, will the comedy fans, you know. You know, all that stuff's more in your head. Most people it is. don't yeah, really yeah. care. And I think, honestly, you know, if you're just up front with people and just say, like, look, I'm doing this so that because it allows me to do this and I'm not compromising anything I believe in in order to do this in the first place, then yeah. I think most people like the only people that will really get cranky about that are just fucking dicks. And they were going to they were going to be unsatisfied mm-hmm. with any with something you did somewhere down the road. Yeah. I mean, well, when that was when you were about to do them. You know, Nick called me and wanted to just kind of, you know, know if there was any kind of backlash for when, like, I did the Bing stuff. And I said the only backlash I got... like and we had a juice together. We had a, we had a juice. We had mm-hmm. a juice. We had our juice place that we... Uh, <laughs> we never make plans to get juice there together, but it happens quite frequently. Uh, but we... Uh, he asked, like, what was, the, what was the backlash? And I said the only backlash I got 
was it was because it was for a product that everyone made fun of already. Mm-hmm. And that was the only that was the only shit I got for because it was Bing and people were like, "Really, Bing? Bing sucks. What's wrong? Like, why do you like Bing?" And you know, you want to try to explain to them how jobs work and how it's just you know. <laughs> but like, uh, and then I told him that you know. Like the Honda Fit is like a good car, and it's just a car commercial. And it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's not like no one's gonna go. That's like the dumbest car around. It's not like it's the PT Cruiser. Yeah, and they and they actually made them pretty well, which was nice. But my dad, I remember when I told when I called my dad, he works in the car business. He goes, Nick, you're working for one of the best companies out there yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some people that Thanks, just think that any corporate anything is automatically mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. And well, so I felt that, okay. And, and yeah. those people, you're just not going to ever make happy. Yeah. I mean, I felt mm-hmm. it like Bing is like you know, it's 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 uh, it's not as good as Google, but like, um, but it is a part of the Microsoft company, which is a, like a like you know, uh, Bill Gates does a lot of good stuff for the world. Like he does a lot of really good stuff for people with the money he's made from Microsoft. So you know, I was able to kind of be like, hey, it's you know, it's not the best product, but it's like it's a cool company, and I, I don't. Yeah. If the guy, out. if the guy is giving billions of dollars to try to make, make the world better. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah Half exactly. my family works for that company. <laughs> oh, of right. course. That's right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a cool company. It yeah, I, saw him, I saw him at the picnic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you? Did you perform at the picnic? Yeah. 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 I just I did it. It's crazy the party they put on. No. There. No. I didn't do it. You didn't do any spokesman no. stuff. No. They asked, but it was the. It was weird because the way the success of the Bing commercial. Um, they were not prepared for because it was supposed to be an online component to another campaign. And the other campaign, and these were directed by Jason Wallner, who did Eagle Heart and Human Giant, stuff like that, you know, a friend of ours. And like, but those didn't work out. And so they ended up already having the ad buys on TV. So they put the commercials we made with me on TV and they tested really well. And then they're like, oh, we should do another one. And so we just did another one. And there was no, there was no official, like, you are now the spokesperson of Bing. It wasn't supposed to be like that. So each one was piecemeal. And then like when they finally got around to being like, oh, we want you to be a, a spokesperson. But the only benefit was like these really like they want to give me a lot of money to go to uh, openings of Microsoft stores and and to like uh, they wanted me to tweet about it. Those stores are ridiculous. By yeah, the they're way. really weird. They make people dance and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> but they like, you know, they wanted me to tweet about it. They wanted like and they it's like the they wanted me to be like in print ads and stuff like that, but it was just because everything was so piecemeal and it wasn't like a lot of money. I had to say no because it was mm-hmm. just like it wasn't. It was just like oh, they'll they'll uh, pay you for the shoot day, as yeah. opposed to like the whole. Overall oh, you you, would, you weren't you weren't getting the like you, you weren't getting the deal that someone would normally get for being a spokesperson, which is like yeah. because which. Actually, is a big deal because if you are associated with a product, it cuts off a lot of other opportunities flow mm-hmm. for you. Stephanie Corny is an amazing, hilarious actress, but she really can only do flow from the progressive commercial. Right. And, and she really was – I mean, I remember we used to do open – I mean, like yeah. Stephanie used to do the, um, the Gypsy Cafe and the Bruco. And, and I did – the first year I did Aspen, I think she was there that year too doing she's hilarious. Aspen Comedy Festival. And she's – such an original comedy voice and such a great performer and made such great choices. She was sort of um I always loved watching her and Bamford because they were they were two, two they were two performers who would always kind of express jokes through just like weird characters mm-hmm. and really original choices and yeah. you know, so it's I mean it's great for her that she's making one, a like bunch of money. What kind of money she makes out of that? I mean she's got she's to be bought, like, so ridiculous. She, uh, Someone was t- telling me that about like they bought it. she has like a huge house in 
the hills, like you know, multi, you multi, multi million. That's what well, I, I don't need to quote the comedian, but a comedian that we all like and think is funny was like, "Hey, you could try and appease like that small percentage of people that will be mad at you, or you could buy a fucking house." Well, and then, <laughs> that, that, that small percentage of people. <laughs> If they really care about you, they're not going to judge you for trying to make your life or your career better. And, and this kind of idea in our heads when we're starting out of like, oh, there's this cadre of comedy consumers and they all talk and they all yeah. think as one. And it's like, no, there isn't. And no. no, they don't. And no one gives a fuck. Yeah. And you, it's all in your head because – Well, there was that whole, that whole story about when uh, David Cross did uh, the Chipmunks movie. Yeah. And like um, he said, this it was a kids. It was for kids. It wasn't for you. Yeah, it wasn't for you. It was for kids. And then he's like, he's like, and I, I the thing is, like me, I went up and I looked at a cabin, like a nice house in upstate New York, and it was a uh, it was a certain amount of money. Uh, and then I told the person selling it, "What about uh, do you take indie credibility bucks?" <laughs> and they said they didn't, which is crazy. I know. <laughs> and I told them, "Are you sure?" I'm on Sub Pop Records, and they're like, "Yeah, sorry, uh, <laughs> so we, we need a, actual money." And then, and then he's like, "And then a job came up to where if I took this job, I can get that dream house of mine." Now, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's actually more punk rock to just make choices like. T.J. Miller is a perfect example of like, yeah, I fucking did the Yogi Bear movie. Yeah, now I'm doing Silicon Valley. Now I might do something weird. Like it's always doing something weird. It's 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 more about like you know, are you just making choices for, on for, and for, off camera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you making choices for you? What are you making choices for? Like yeah, that, that you know it, it like when he's wh- in Transformers. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and exactly. He, and then he he did like a huge Sprint campaign or Verizon or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did the cell phone yeah. campaign too. I just think if you leave yourself open to work, you will work and you'll get different types of jobs, and some of them will be the Silicon Valley and yeah. Well, you know, Paul Shear like they just offered him like another couple seasons of uh, NTSF, uh, but he's 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 not going to do him because he's like I want to try and do some other stuff. Like he's not letting like this like easy money stuff. Like uh, stop him from like doing whatever he wants to do. Yeah, and like that that kind of stuff is cool. And that's like you know what TJ's like. He's taking these big jobs because it allows him to just do whatever he wants to do. And that's like that's I think that's a pretty amazing. Well, it's also yeah. it's just it's part of just the kind of interesting story of him. Yeah, it's yeah. like he just does. He really does. It's sort of you know, like oh Will Ferrell's that way. I'm like oh you know he does like a, does a movie in Spanish. He does an internet video. He's he does like, weird. He just Milwaukee's yeah, he does these Milwaukee's yeah, yeah. best. It's like oh, that seems yeah. like those yeah. are the careers that I really admire. People, you just go, they're just doing what they want to do for them. They're not doing it for. I'm mean, like, that's where you go. He's not doing that for anyone else. And if yeah. you don't like it, that is your fucking problem. Yeah. That's not his problem because mm-hmm. he's doing what he wants yeah, to do. You guys didn't sign a contract. He has. No, he doesn't <laughs> owe you anything. <laughs> so ridiculous. So where's your uh, where's the album available? It's on iTunes, and you know you can steal it anywhere. I'm sure. Yeah. But the vinyl, I, I, I look at it like this. It's like 20 bucks to buy the vinyl and it's 10 bucks more than buying it on iTunes, but you get like a real solid kind of piece of artwork that I put a shitload of work into. And and I'm sure you get the designing. download code. You do right? get a free download code. So with that it, yeah. basically, yeah, you're paying $10 for like a really cool keepsake. That's what I like about the idea of yeah. having it on vinyl is that you still get it digitally. Because that, like, that was what people's uh, concern for a while. It's like, well, then I can't listen to it. It's like, yeah. hey, you get a really cool thing you support. Uh, yeah. And then you still get to listen to it on your and it's like device. a clear, it's a clear vinyl. I don't know. It's got there's a lot of cool nice. like artwork involved in it too, which I I meticulously go over when I when I make a special. Like I care so much about. I had my design guy build a fake Netflix page and put every single idea that we had. Like because I, it's weird if you look through Netflix and like I love Bill Burr, 
but you will see the artwork and you can't even read that it's Bill Burr. Like yeah. his name isn't even legible or the title of the album or, you know, like all these other people. And you think, man, you got to really Netflix is all about people seeing it and they're, they're catching their eye. Yep. And do they know your name, your face? Yeah. And the title of the thing. It's like uh, the last Mike Birbiglia special, My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. Like, it's like, it's a really cool picture. Oh, yeah, it it's really stands cool out. And like, it's like, you just kind of, you see it and you mm-hmm. kind of go, oh, cool. And yours is like, yours like has, the, you know, like the huge letter. It's just like very shocking. Like Pops, you know, yeah. 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 And, and now with all the, I mean, there's so much comedy on <laughs> Netflix now. It's just like everybody. Yeah. I watched uh, Maria's. Did you watch Maria's last one? No. I'm, special, special, special. In her parents' place? Yeah. It, oh, no, it's at her place. That one's on Vimeo, Run. right? No, no, it's on Netflix now. Oh. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's um, that company that's been doing a lot of the uh, mm-hmm. you know, digital specials. Like, but it's, it's her in her New house. New Wave? New Wave, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's in her house in Eagle Rock. Jackie Cation introduces her. Her parents are sitting on the couch, and, uh, and Wayne Fetterman is the, uh, playing keyboard. And it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting because... It's like, you know, it's, it's shot in her house. It's real small. But when she's doing most of the bits, most of the bits, she's looking directly into camera. So it's this really weird personal. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's like, you know, the idea is that it's for her parents that are there. But when you're watching it and there's that angle, she's doing it for you in your home. And wow. it's really, really cool. It's really, really Think neat. about the, co- I mean, how fun and easy that was to make rather than like, oh, I've got two shows to nail it in front of these live audiences. I yeah. Got to design the set. Oh yeah, that's I mean, it's so all, stressful. It's it it is it's they're fun problems to have, but it's stressful. I remember when I was having to do the set, where I'm like, I don't know, um, just well, I mean, I I, I just picked a theme because I figured that would make it easier. I'll just pick a yeah, theme, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then that way that will inform the, the lighting, everything. And the yeah. thing that will inform the, yeah. everything. You know, I'll sort of make it this weird Kubrick robot yeah. thing. But what was cool about that is like you know, so they worked on the like the background, you know, the stage part of yours, but then like they influenced. With just lighting, the rest of the theater, like they mm-hmm. made it seem coherent without having to put anything else up there. So that I thought that was really cool. That's why I wore a shiny silver suit because it was supposed to be like it was supposed to be vaguely robotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but as opposed to what well, I think the way it came off, which is like oh, like a shark skin suit. I'm like, no, no, it's supposed to be <laughs> no, no. <laughs> people don't always get what you're going yeah. for. No, it's funny. It's I like, will not wear a shiny suit in the next special, though. Definitely not. Marin was doing an interview, or he was interviewing somebody, and then. Weirdly enough, started talking about himself, and uh, <laughs> and he and he. Uh, <laughs> and he he started talking about um, clothing and design decisions that he's made on his specials, and I thought it was so interesting as somebody that's been around and has made a good amount of things. Like, yeah, I had good glasses on that one, but my shirt was no good. Like, or you know, oh, like yeah. the background was like all these sheep walking away like I was like the one sheep facing the wrong direction but no one ever got that and it looked fucking weird I wonder and- if Eddie Murphy watches like <laughs> Raw and just yeah. goes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh I like it's like when I picked my outfit for my half hour special I was like oh cool this is just kind of it's not it's not flashy it, it makes me feel comfortable like I feel okay in it I like these pants I like the way they fit um and then for some reason on camera like none of it looked the way it looked in real life. Like uh, I was at a show in Boston and someone's saying like, Hey, I got it as a comic. And they're like, Hey, I got to ask you, why did you wear shiny jeans uh, on your special? I was like, I didn't. And I was weird. I just happened to be wearing the same jeans. It's like, do these look like they would fucking shine? And they're like, no. And I was like, yes, I know. That's why. I'm just a fan, man. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> no, cause it sucks. Cause when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck? You know, you had, I had no idea what it looked like. You never like know what it's yeah. going to look like. 
Well, um, we are coming to the end of the podcast, Nick. All right. But um, it was a lot of fun. Congratulations on the baby. Thanks congratulations on the special. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I guess, I don't know, where, are you performing around town at all? Well, I've got Denver July 10th through 12th. Okay. And then I'm doing um, Chicago uh, the 2nd through the 4th of, uh, at Up Comedy. Mm-hmm. Of August or July? Of uh, October. Of October. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm also doing the, the what's the big... Uh, Tenacious D thing. Oh, that's the supreme. At the end of October, I, I can't wanted wait for to. That. I wanted to do that. They 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 asked me to do it, and I couldn't do it because I'm doing the. I won't be in town. I'm doing the other tour. Oh man. So, oh yeah. Oh, but, Oddball and Festival yeah. Supreme kind of go head to head, huh? With yeah, the, yeah. With the talent. I love how they made the poster, and the smallest, most bottom thing is Tenacious D. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it doesn't say anywhere, and then the smallest font on the bottom. Yeah, there's gonna be a state reunion at that thing. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be awesome. The Oddball is gonna be really great too. Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, fine. yeah, yeah okay. And I'm also doing a Northwest tour. I'm got, I've got a Seattle date um, on August 7th and a Portland date the 4th. And I'm trying to get a Bellingham and a Vancouver. Like, do a Bellingham. Nice. I like Bellingham. Yeah. It's good and people can uh, whore your special on iTunes? Yep. And nickthune.com for okay. tours. Furman and I, we did a tour with Reggie Watts in like 2004 that no one attended. With uh, Howard so, Kramer, too, right? Howard did. Maybe I thought he was on that. We he did, was we at did, the show at Troubadour. You guys did. We did basically. Yeah, but we basically did. Um, we just sort of went down the coast. So we did. Uh, we did the Triple Door in Seattle, and then we did yeah. a we did a, a venue in Bellingham. I'm sure we did something in Portland. We did we did something in San Francisco in a small little rock club, and then we did yeah we did the L A and the Troubadour I guess, and then but then but fucking no one showed. I mean I was like we were in the Triple Door, which is a good size venue, and mm-hmm. there were probably like 30 people there. Oh man, yeah, one of and the seats the, are too comfortable in that venue. Yeah, though. yeah. One of whom was like the guitarist, one of the the original guitarists for the band Heart, and so when oh, we wow. did El Corazon, and then we do that part mm-hmm. where it's like we're saying in Spanish, you know, like. In 1987, Heart, the band Heart had a hit with this, you know. Uh, that guy's kid went to the Boys and Girls Club that I worked at. Oh, really? Yeah. It was just really funny that he was like, like, what are the odds that, we would, yeah. that he would <laughs> be there? And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. we would break out into a Heart thing. And then he was like, I was originally a guitarist in that, oh, that's funny. in that band before those girls came in and then just took it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but it, felt, <laughs> it feels like yeah. there was a band and then they came yeah. in and then it just became like Ann and Nancy's <laughs> yeah. band. But they're fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, uh, good to see you, Nick Thune. Good to see you too. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Thank you. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.